We are starting a new series. I know y'all wanted to go to week 10 of now showing and just keep on rolling with the fruit of the Spirit. But all good things have to come to a new good thing. And uh, this is the new good thing. And uh, we are looking now at what it means to have a growing life. One of the core things. In fact, we say that ultimately, ultimately, that you have to, to fellowship and hang out with us, you have to agree on one primary thing. A willingness to move forward. A willingness to grow. You said, you, you, well, I figured it had to be Jesus. Jesus, is, for some people, that's where you grow too, okay? We don't care if skeptics or doubters come, all right? That's fine. If you're here and you're not quite on page with, with breaking into who Jesus said he is, we're fine with that. You can hang out with us all day, all week, take as much time as you need, but you have to have this mentality that you're willing to be teachable, that you're willing to grow, you're willing to move forward and say, God, I'm, I'm here, I'm doubting, but, but kind of take me someplace in this deal. And so that is our basic thing. We can all rally together. The Bible says two can't walk together unless they agree. Well, guess what? If we're going to do life together, our place of agreement is going to be we're going to move forward. We're going to get, we're not going to be still here next year, okay? So, if that's our fundamental understanding, then we have to understand that there are a few pieces that help us and kind of expedite that growth process. And these are things, man, way back when, you know, Moby was a goldfish, whenever I learned and was coming up in ministry, that uh, my pastor, who's come through here a couple of times, um, was... Uh, um, that taught me about what it took to grow. And he taught me that there were five core things that we need to keep active in our lives. And man, God would just continue to grow. So we're going to look at that. We're going to look at those five cool things. And we're just calling this this uh, series Green Thumb and because uh, we want to develop and create a growing, cultivating kind of life. And uh, so here is... Uh, Here's where we're going to launch today. Crack your notes open and we're going to blast through this. Um, this is kind of going to be our, our jump off point and it's going to be as we click through these five different things that in the pursuit of a cultivating life, because you are going to have to pursue it. This is not a kick it into neutral kind of thing. Okay, I don't care what pace you move at. It's just got to be in gear. Okay. So in this pursuit of cultivating a life defined by growth, then there are some key things and some key pieces that have to be there that help expedite this thing, help it grow, help our lives to flourish. And prayer, folks, it is one of those things. In fact, prayer is that central thing. As we look at our thumbs, I mean, sorry, our hands, that, that, that thumb thing, in fact, I would say that prayer is, if we're going to put some importance on it, prayer is the thumb. Prayer is that thing that kind of sets us apart. It allows us to really begin to get a hold of some different things and to keep hold of different things. Most of the time when things begin, spiritually begin to slip, it's because we turned loose of this thing, of this thing called prayer. And we're going to look and begin to see why it matters so much. I got a little video I want to roll for y'all on uh, on just prayer. For English, say yes. Yes. 
For security purposes, this phone call will be recorded. To continue, please say yes. Yes. Please state your password. I ain't no hollaback girl. Please repeat. I ain't no hollaback girl. Please repeat. No. No. I don't know. Yes. No. I think you said magically delicious. Was that correct? No. Where to? I'm going to shoe in resident. I think you said I'm going to shoot the president. Please hold while your call is traced and the proper authorities are notified. Sometimes you just want to get straight through. That's why there's prayer. Prayer. Live richly. If we're going to have a rich, growth-filled life, we're going to have to get this prayer thing down. And bless God, it's not that difficult. Who of y'all hate the little automated systems? I know that those are from the devil because they are not in heaven. And so those things are horrible. I hate that. I want to talk to a person. I dial and I start hitting zero because I'm just, give me an operator. I don't care who it is. Give me somebody that I can talk to that, uh, I mean, it just drives me up the wall. I'm so thankful that God doesn't make us jump through hoops. Did you know you can pray on your own? You don't have to come to, to some pastor person or to some holy man or any of that. You can pray all by yourself as, a, as an unbeliever. God wants to hear what you've got to say. As a believer, a child of God, God really wants to hear what you've got to say. We have access to the creator of the universe direct. Not punching through and saying codes and all that stuff, but right there. We want to take advantage of that. We have to. And we have to kind of redefine what prayer is. If we don't understand the simplicity and the beauty of what prayer is and, it, and it's just bare bones, then we're going to turn it into some spiritual, goofy exercise that you got to like get in some little special place and some little beside your bed posture and light the little right candles and put on the worship music and now you're ready to pray. No, no, no. Prayer is so much easier than that. Prayer is simply conversation with God. It just is that easy, folks. It is that easy. And God wants to hear what we have to say. We don't have to be able to speak King James language to be able to get this done. God wants to hear what we have to say. Now, in our uh, society, in our lives, we, conversation is way more constant than it used to be. I would anticipate that right now there is somebody right here who's having a current conversation with somebody that's not in this room. I'm just, I'm just guessing. There's somebody texting. There's somebody, and you're not hurting my feelings. I'm not getting all puffy about it. It's okay. You're telling them how great this is and that they ought to get here. I know what you're saying. <laughs> that this guy's got a direct line to God and is just speaking the truth. That's what you're saying. I know that's what's happening. But you are. Somebody here has got, somebody is texting in their pocket. Man, the teens, they're like secretive. Like, got like speed thumbs and they can text like secretively. And, uh, but there's a cut. Are you doing it? On the, huh? Yeah, likely story. She's reading her Bible. 
in church. Yeah, whatever. Um, no, but, but it's just constant. Conversations are just constant. My wife uh, will sit there and go, you know, um, and ask me all the time, you know, who are you texting? And uh, I'll say a person's name. I'll ask her later, who are you texting? She gives me like four or five different people's names. And she's having all of these conversations simultaneously. I'm telling you, I'd have smoke coming out my ears. My eyes would be crossed if I tried to keep up with that many conversations all at once. But our, our lifestyles are just so incredibly social. That's why everything works and that advertising tries to work socially. Everything tries to work socially because there's this constant conversation that's going on. I love that. I love that. Why? Because God made us to be relational. That's why that rings so true. That's why it works. Guess what? All of this little Twittery and Facebooky and all that junk's going to go away when we're in heaven, but the relationship part won't. That part will be it ten times better. And we're just, our, our hearts and souls are just trying to get a little piece of that here through any way we can because we are wired for relationship. We're wired for these conversations. We're wired for this give and take. I love the fact that we're embracing it more. But what we've got to understand is that we can do that directly with God. We can just have that openness of conversation with God. And that it really is that way. Man, we have people with these little things, but just smaller, these little Bluetooth things. And they're going along. And you don't know if they're having a conversation or if they're crazy. You know, if you start going crazy, just buy one of those. And people have a hard time figuring it out for a lot longer. Because they're going to think you're talking to somebody else. But it's just this constant, it's this constant thing everywhere. And it's just Jesus modeled this conversational prayer. Let's look at Matthew 26, 39. It says, again, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, My father, if it's possible, may this cup be taken from me. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Listen to that again. My father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Doesn't that sound like we're getting one side of a telephone conversation? Peel all of our little just relive what we think Jesus was doing, that he had the little, you know, touched by an angel light on him, and he was in the garden, and he was doing all some spiritual thing. Just pull all that mental image off. And just read it. It just sounds like one side of a conversation. Prayer can be so incredibly simple and so honest. In fact, when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray in Matthew 6, he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Praise be your name. You're awesome. You're great. God, you're the best. It just opens up. It is just conversational. We have to understand that. And if we're going to grow in our lives, it, this has to be an intricate part of it. You have to keep prayer as part of it. And see, we understand that because prayer is the important one because prayer begins our relationship with God, and it sustains our relationship with God. 
Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If we confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. We're running our mouths from the very beginning. This is where we get going. This is how it starts. It's like any other healthy, life-giving, long-lasting relationship. It starts with the, hey, how you doing? I'm Brendan. It starts with some kind of conversation, you know, and maybe it could, could get kind of started kind of rocky. My, you know, I started off just kind of doing that junior high thing, even though I was in high school. I had not developed relationally very good um, of picking on my wife. What did I say? I was at college. Thank you. I was in college. And uh, of, uh, of calling my wife, uh, you know, just some little name. I didn't know her, and, uh, but, I, you know, she was wearing, uh, back in the day, when those little jogging, Reebok jogging suit things. Y'all remember those back in the early 90s, all you folks around. They're very colorful. And so, uh, you know, called her Mrs. Funny Pants and, you know, had the red high-top Reeboks is what she had on. I remember. And one of those, and I said, you know, all you need is a little round round red nose and you look like a clown and i tell you that's the best pickup line ever it worked I tell you, that, those are the reasons anytime people say you know wow y'all have just had such a wonderful marriage or she gets any compliment on on you know us having you know stayed together for so long she's like i'm just obeyed god that's always her response i've just obeyed god well obviously because i did not woo her and sweep her off her feet with my wonderful, wonderful wit and wisdom. Uh, but our relationship was built on conversation. She lived in Odessa. I lived here. We began to go. and what, uh, We would talk on the phone every night for hours and hours. And that is an odd, isn't it weird? People would do that all the time. Man, this was back in the day when they didn't have free long distance. Everybody under 20 years old goes, you had to pay to call? So we it costs extra? You know, I've heard of people getting charged for texting and stuff, but to call like another city? That's just stupid. Why would they charge you? Yes, they did. Her phone bill was $400 a month. My phone bill was $200 a month. And that was uh, pushing 20 years ago. And I was a stinking lot of money, but it was worth it. It was worth it. Why? Because that conversation, that whole bunch of nothing on the other end of the line, that falling asleep with the meter running at 3 o'clock in the morning and just listening to each other breathe was worth every dime. Why? Because that conversation, that connection built our relationship. You know what? Sometimes it's okay to get into the presence of God in this place of prayer and not have to run your mouth all the time. And just sit and listen. Say, God, you know, I've said a lot to you. You got anything to say to me? And begin to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to speak to your heart. Allow this conversation thing to take place. Hebrews 4.16 says, But let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Man, so many people are afraid to kind of have that conversation thing whenever they've just done something they're maybe a little embarrassed of. Like God doesn't already know. 
It's not like you're going to be able to kind of act nice for a few days and God go, oh, yeah, did you do something boneheaded a few days ago? I'm having a heart. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like God doesn't already know. We can't sit there and wait until we're in this right little spiritual frame to, to talk to God. I feel good enough to talk to God. That's why God made it to where we can boldly approach the throne of grace. It doesn't matter if we just got mad in traffic and just unleashed Mr. Sailor Man all over your dash. And man, somebody needs to come over and put holy water all over the front of your car. Because you've just cussed it up one side and down the other. It doesn't matter if that's what's happening. You can boldly approach the throne of grace. Do not let anything come in and sever that conversation with God. We can't because it is so key to us having this life-giving thing in our lives. The next thing that we have to understand and really, really get inside our hearts is the fact that prayer works, folks. It matters. Prayer works. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You know, oh, there it is. There it is. That's what leaves me out. It's this righteous guy that's praying that's all powerful and works and does its stuff. All right. Uh, we just had communion a little bit ago. And we were celebrating the fact that if you've placed your faith in Christ, you are righteous. Not because of what you've done, but because of what he did. So guess what? All of us, we call on the name of the Lord, we're righteous. We are in right standing with God. And our prayers are powerful and effective when we pray from that perspective. When we pray from that perspective, not, oh, God, I've blown it, and I know I don't deserve it, and I'm just an old dirtbag, but if you can see fit to do this for me, I just so appreciate it, but I know if you don't, I'll understand, because I'm a jerk. No, 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 that's not praying from a righteousness consciousness. The prayer of a righteous man, God, I don't, I shouldn't be right with you. I don't understand how you've done this, but I am. I'm righteous. I'm right before you. So, God, I'm going to talk to you. I'm boldly approaching you, and I'm going to talk to you. And my prayer works. Why? Because you're my daddy, and you care what I've got to say. We have to get this alive in our hearts. We, y'all just turned in a bunch of these little papers and the little baskets that went by, and some of you wrote praise reports on there. And our these little thank you God things that uh, some people wrote prayer requests, stuff we're going to pray for. And then stuff that you wrote some thank yous and some, God, this happened in my life. I love, love, love reading those things. love praying with you on the one end. And I love hearing back with what God has done. And it is so fun to see God answering prayer. And man, it's, a, it's just fun to see God answering prayer on all sorts of fronts. Now, I want to share with you one that was just really, really exciting. And uh have a, a, a couple in church who... Uh, um, started coming to the coming to the church, and uh, their extended family is disconnected from church and disconnected from from God, and really has like a you know an, an issue with church. You know, a lot of people do, and uh, and so, uh, but anyways, found themselves in this in this place of uh, where this uh, a diagnosis of cancer in the throat was brought, and um, so this member of our church. Uh, as part of a small group, got a small group to begin to pray. 
and got the other people begin to pray for this guy who, this, this brother who isn't a believer. We began to pray for his, this cancer in his throat. Now, she, she's been very delicate with this, but not overly pushy and working and praying and seeing God break through on heart levels and whatnot in this, in this couple. And it's just been real exciting on, on, on lots of fronts. But man, this guy was just real resistant. Doctors go in, do the surgery, whatnot. Doctors are like, we can't do anything. We can't get it. We can't get at it. So comes out, does the surgery thing. So then it's like, okay, well, man, this, you know, this prayer thing's just a real joke. Doctors couldn't even get in there and do anything, you know. It's like stonewalled. Sitting there coming out of the anesthesia and is uh, uh, waking up and whatnot in his room in the recovery part and coughs hard. And the cancer comes out of his mouth. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. The cancer comes out his mouth. I'm telling you, that is just so stinking cool. Doctors can't take credit for it. Immediately, this lady was like, got all in his face. That's a miracle. That is a miracle. Well, what do you do when you got cancer in your hand? What are you going to do? Yeah, like, I mean, you, you can't argue with that, folks. Prayer, prayer works. Prayer works. Man, I, my, I'm a, a living <clears throat> testimony. And I've shared this story with you all multiple times. And I, I just think it, it's so effective here. My, my grandparents were here last week. And, and uh, my papa's grandfather, so my great-great-grandfather, uh, of course, this is back in the, way back in the day, and, uh, uh, that uh, where my great-grandfather was five years old. And uh, anyways, and so his dad... Had, uh, they had a bunch of rats get into their barn and was going to be eating all their seed and all that stuff. And it was just really got infested. So he got some rat poison. Of course, this is back in the day when things weren't as controlled and people could get off the shelf stuff that was just would kill you real easily. And uh, so he goes in and gets up under the, rat, uh, the barn and just crawls up under there and is opening these cans and opens these cans and uh, a big old gust of wind comes through and shoots and just and just blows. He'd chosen the wrong day to do it, and it's just a windy day, and it and just it blows. And he just breathes in a ton of this stuff. Immediately, just got horribly sick, horribly sick. Has a young wife, young kids, and uh, doctors couldn't do anything. And just over a period of a couple weeks, begins to just degrade in health. Finally, the place he couldn't. His lungs were getting so full of fluids and everything, he, he couldn't hardly breathe. And he had to sit in his rocking chair and sleep in his rocking chair. And he realizes that his time is, is coming to an end. And uh, calls all of his, his kids and his wife into the, the living room. And uh, when I went, I got this story uh, uh, when I was a teen, and I went... Um, Few, just about a year or two before my great-grandfather died, and I wanted to get it in his own words. And uh, as he is sharing this, he, he, can't, he gets about a sentence and a half into it, and just, he, he just begins to just shake and cry. He, he, just, couldn't get, he just couldn't get through it. And, uh, but his, his dad, I can't ever get through it. Why do I tell this story? It always makes me cry. And, um, but anyways, he calls his family in, 
And sitting there, with every, fighting with every breath, he begins to just pray over his children. Pray that they, would, that they would not be angry with God over this deal. Pray for their relationships. Pray for, <clears throat> for them to grow up well. Begins to pray over his wife. And begins there in, in the hearing of his kids. Begin to pray for the man that would come in and marry his wife. And be a father to his children in his stead. And begin to just pray over them. And my great-grandfather remembers this at five years old. And... Uh, um, and then just uh, later that evening, after praying over his family and praying over their future and just blessing them, uh, breathes his last and uh, his, his time on this side was over. And uh, my, uh, my great-grandfather would, had shared that, uh, sure enough, God brought the most incredible stepdad that anybody could have ever had and loved those kids like... Is not like their own, was loyal and faithful to their mother and was an answer to prayer and stood in that gap of fatherlessness and raised them and, and honored his memory, honored the, the, the man who had gone before and prayed over his kids that they would serve God and that his grandkids would serve God and that his great-grandkids and prayed for the generations to come. That God's hand would be on and that they would serve God. And I'm telling you, I know that his prayers reached through. And whenever God was yanking my chain in college, that it was an answer to that man's prayer. And that the blessings I see on my family, I, I don't take credit for, that they're an answer to prayer. Folks, prayer works. Luke 18 says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. And he said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about men. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, Grant me justice against my adversary. And for some time he refused. But he finally said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God... Bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night. Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Us, that place of standing in trust, is continuing to keep that conversation open even when we feel like we're kind of getting stonewalled, even when it feels like it's not working in our time schedule, even when we, because we don't have the big picture sometimes, and we keep standing there and saying, God, I, I, I'm not going to give up on this front. So many times people say, you know what, you say prayer works, but, you know, I tried it one time and, you know, I didn't see nothing out of it. There is this place, folks, that we have to just stay in, trusting God and knowing and just give God the opportunity. There's so many things that are at work. And then the last thing we want to cover is that prayer should be a part of our daily lives. Acts 2, 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and the breaking of the bread and prayer. <clears throat> they devote themselves, according to Colossians, devoted themselves to prayer. 
being watchful and thankful. Luke 19 says, It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And you're like, well, what does this have to do with prayer? Let's look at this and see what, what Jesus has, what the, what the word tells us on down. It says, 1 Corinthians 3, Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives within you? Jesus says that his house should be called a house of prayer. And we're his house. We should be people who are defined by prayer. That, that it should be a regular part of our lives. It should be like breathing in and out. I want you to think. I want you to think about just for a moment. We're going to take the average person. We're not going to take you. We're going to just take the average person. And because um, I know everybody here is awesome. And um, let's take the average person. And what if we breathed as often as the average person prays? Be more than like, yes, he's de- dead. Or we do that thing that we, it kicks in right at our most desperate hour. Right when we're desperate. And then it... And then not again until that one's just totally used up. And then, and we'd be slugs. We'd just be lay, laid there slugs, just barely breathing in and barely breathing out, having a pulse, but just barely. And you know what? If that was our norm, but you know, if God didn't make it where it was just a natural reflex, I'm so thankful God just did that as a natural reflex and we can live. Otherwise, somebody doing this, standing upright, walking, would look like Superman. To the guy who only breathed, because there's no way. He'd lift his arm and he's like, oh, 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 don't do that. Oh, it's too much. It's too much breathing. To do any kind of phys- extra physical activity, it just takes this regular amount of pumping oxygen in here, making this thing work. But guess what? What if then in our spiritual lives, if we prayed like we breathe? And some of these things we were like, oh man, a super Christian. How do, they, how do they live like that? Well, maybe you ought to see how they pray. Maybe they pray like a regular person breathes. All of a sudden, it should be part of our daily active lives. Philippians 4, 6 says, do not be anxious about anything. I tell you what, it's so anxious, it's easy to be anxious about everything. But we're told to be not, about, not to be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That means everything. All of it. So that's going to be this constant, regular flow. Matthew 5 says, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. We're even to pray for those people that drive us up the wall, that irritate us and get under our skin and be in the inner sea and pray for them on everything, on every front. Why? Because that's God's nature. He's just good. He just pours out good. Whether we deserve it or not, He pours out good. God is good. Prayer is one of those things. It just keeps us growing and it is a pr- crucial, crucial part of having a move forward kind of life. We have to keep that as an aspect. We pull that out, you might as well cut your thumb off spiritually. 
Maybe you can still get some other stuff done, but man, I'm telling you, it's just not near as effective. We've got to keep this thing rolling in our lives. Let's go ahead and make sure that everybody's here at that starting gate. We say that every week. But you know what? Maybe there's some of you that have come and you've become as doubters. And hopefully that you understand that God's love is, for, is there and He's for you. I'd appreciate it if everybody just kind of bow your heads and close your eyes. And we want to make an opportunity that if you're at that moment of decision, you're like, you know what? I, I want to say yes. I want to take what God has freely given me. I realize I don't have to earn it. I realize I can't earn it. I'm just going to say yes to it and take it. If that's you and you're here to embrace the life that God has freely made available to you, if that's you, I want you to just raise your hand and we want to pray with you.